Yo, welcome to the Art Podcast. It's Mike Lobezy. It's Joe, Dirty South Joe in the building. We got Jabert on the boards. Uh, we had the pleasure this week of speaking with a uh, local Philadelphia legend, Rich Medina, international legend, honestly. Big Rich was in the house. He uh, schooled us on a lot of good stuff career-wise. Um, a lot of good information here for young DJs, older DJs. We get into his history, his background, the college years, the current years. Uh, it's a great podcast. We hope you enjoy it. I feel like you're like a very like. But you, I don't. I don't you're not a very censored guy. Though. <laughs> I got send the lid hang out anyway. Right. So what's up, man? Big Rich Medina. Yo, thanks for joining us here on the Art Podcast. Art Podcast. Art. We got Big Rich here, uh, Philadelphia staple legend, big it's time. Great to be here with y'all, man. Yeah, hey, man. We're, thanks uh, so much. Where were you at this past weekend? This weekend, what part of the universe? In, I was in New York City. Okay. And then this show in, in D.C., L.A., and Brooklyn this weekend, like ping pong weekend. Oh, yeah. damn. Is that, that's where you're at most of the time, right? Would you say, DJing? What? If you're, if you're not traveling? I mean, you're kind of always traveling, aren't you? I, yeah, yes to both. You right. Know? Like, um, praise God, I got opportunities in New York. Right. I've been chasing that my whole life yeah yeah well i mean when i when i think of you i always think of like you're you're one of the few djs i know that's kind of consistently been able to do what they want you know Mm -hmm. and like i i never see you as someone who's kind of like had to take gigs they didn't really want to take that much you know what i mean even the greatest djs ever i know have had points where they're like I got to pay the bills, you know. Yeah, so I'm doing and this. you know we we all have to get in the bed with the devil at times. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's how it goes. But I think for me, it was always a conscious decision to not allow the trappings of mass appeal uh-huh. to make me do things that I wouldn't necessarily right, want to do out of do. my free will. Right, right, I feel like right. for you, period. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or some athlete shit. Like, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to play that game. I yeah. want to play this game. Yeah, right? yeah. Over here. Right. That's cool. I could do that. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm bared down on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right. So, we'll do the due diligence. And how did everything get started for you? For people listening, like... Uh, I guess I first know you from Footworks as me mm-hmm. being a wee little teen shopping. And <laughs> I think our first interaction was probably you like telling me to put down the display record that I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yo, my man, that's the display record. I could only imagine. <laughs> You're probably fucking right. Yeah, man. So Footwork. Yeah. Uh, since you started right. talking about that. Footwork I feel like that's a- the entry point for a lot of people, right? That's yeah. that's kind of like yeah, for sure. all of us kind of yeah, came Things from started this. to coalesce yeah. in the city, and, you know, we happened to create a space in the tradition of Funkadelphia, uh-huh. in the tradition of the layup. Right, right, right. Really represented the culture of full mm-hmm. bore, tail to snout, hip-hop. Yeah. Tail to snout. What no was compromise. the... Uh, that was... When did that start? 97? 96. 96. And when did it close? End of 2000. Okay. So it's pretty much encapsulates the the 
the underground hip hop movement of the late nineties. Absolutely, it's like a bookend. Almost. Absolutely, that was, uh, I mean, those are some amazing years for that yeah. too. That, that, that whole especially ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, right? Even ninety nine. Bombs, yeah, crazy. bomb after bomb, and yeah. promo after promo. You're swimming in promos. Yeah, we were talking about this before. This is a weird memory, and you might not even know. I was in there when you got word that Big L died. Do you remember? Yes. You, I, I don't. I don't remember if you actually took a phone call or if you had heard someone mention it. But I was like, "Wow, that's we were crazy." Talking about it in the store, yeah. Because, uh, Steph Tatas, right. Who you know, yeah, uh, was real good friends with L. Okay, so the news came to Steph on a personal, personal level. Right, I mean, right. My I just happened with, to be like a shopper at the time. Yeah, yeah. me owning the shop, mm-hmm. Bobito of right. all fucking people being my partner. Every the whole bucket that that comes with in right. terms of you know wherewithal yeah in terms of a comprehensive understanding of not only hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. but of the recording industry yeah you know bobito garcia is the reason you see motherfuckers on the street with t-shirts wrapped around their head handing out fucking cds and flyers Uh that street team shit yeah bobito created that interesting so it's a whole other viewpoint on the game right you know and it was a huge opportunity for me to show what I was made of because if I can't play on that level you know if I need to go back to JV that's a place where I'm gonna mm. know like oh you nice but yeah how <laughs> you did know, you three own? more JV games yeah like when did you, you get up. started as far as like the years before that like when did you actually pick up the turntables and decide this is something I'm I'm trying to I've been with. playing records for people to dance to since I was 11 right um my older sister, Benita, her first husband, still calling my brother-in-law to this day, Johnny. Johnny Holmes. He was uh, around away. Where VF- were you? Where was VFW this Elks Club DJ. Uh-huh. Jersey, and where was it? Okay, from Lakewood, so New Jersey. Okay. So, you know, I don't know no better. Right. They lived with us till I was 10. Every Thursday and Friday, I see him stacking 45, squeezing paper towel rolls in the holes. So that he, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. he had his thing. Yeah. He'd go to the VFW, play his records, drink his Miller High Life with his boys. Yeah. La, la, la. It was just a thing, you know? So it was something that I naturally gravitated to. Right. And I've been at it, you know, seriously since then what is the uh lakewood new jersey experience like i'm not like is that closer to philly or new york lakewood is uh in what's considered the jersey shore um okay i played in the shore conference uh-huh. in basketball there next to bricktown tom's river okay uh, so it's a little like 15 miles north of seaside heights okay so it's more the New York Jersey shore it's lighter yeah, yeah it's on the border of okay. central jersey central right you know what i'm saying um, yeah, and you know, I'm 50, so yeah. I'm not romantic about hip hop. You know, I I got I was buying right. records right. that pertain to the culture before Sugar Hill Gang, right? Well, I in mean, a store buying, you know what I'm saying? So, according to my calculations, I think that makes you about four years older than hip hop. <laughs> yeah, man, <it's> that <laughs> shit we kicked off about the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, you know. And in the 80s, around the way, there was only a few dudes he was going to follow. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're rocking with the hustlers, tough guys, athletes, pretty boys, or B-boys. Mm-hmm. Full-blown. Yeah. And Same there was dude this, that'll get this... on the train and bust your ass freestyling will bust some windmills in your face on the concrete and can do so many other things pertaining to the lifestyle. Right, right. And there this was a this was a scene you you growing up you were Absolutely. Uh, I guess in the eighties everything. Like I, I forget that too. Like, I mean, I'm younger than you, but I still remember like being six and seven and it, it was kinda like you you could walk down the street and just see people windmilling. <laughs> you know? It was crazy, you know, man. Like, you know, like serious. we forget. Like, it, it, I mean, part of it was because it was a trend at the time too. But it was like it was very prevalent. You know, well, it, be, it became a trend because the culture made itself impossible to ignore. Yeah, it did. Right. That's, that's right. the rub. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, with that, same thing with the party. Your parties jump in, then a bunch of idiots start showing we live up because it's jumping. Room. Yeah. Right. We live in that locker room and shit that we talk about in the locker room that you never say in front of your fucking fans. Right. I don't give a fuck who you are. It's just how the game works, right? Mm-hmm. It's how you maintain your, your toolbox. Yeah. You know? And I'm doing it with Bobito and Crazy Legs and Stretch and. People in New York who have already cemented themselves as pillars, really? pillars in the community yeah. who are buying into my game. Yeah. You know, Bob prompted me to open that store. Yeah. How did you link up with those guys? I Hanging out? <laughs> yeah, hanging yeah. out. That's, that's what's uh, my advice to everyone. I'm like, they're like, what you do? I'm like, hang out. So <laughs> I played basketball at Cornell. Mm-hmm. And my point guard for my last three years was a dude by the name of Mike Parker. Mike Parker grew up in Douglas Projects with Bob. Okay. Rocksteady Park. And when Mike when Mike's first visitors, my sophomore year, his freshman year, Mike's first visitors were Bobito, Crazy Legs, Psycho Less, Curious George. In college. And um, Lord Seer. Wow. Yeah, so you're plugged in. Bing. <laughs> I play ball with this guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And these dudes come to visit Mike. And we all lived in a couple of apartments together, a bunch of athletes. He introduced us all. They got to my room. It's like three oh, you're crates one of, of records. Yeah. You know, 10 pairs of kicks, you know, cassettes, Hollywood tapes, and kick of pre tapes. Yeah. And, you know, so these motherfuckers are like, yo, you go to school here, you sell weed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. And Cornell, I imagine. What was the Cornell hip hop scene like? Oh man. It was at you? the time when I was there, I mean, you know, I was I was in school from eighty eight to ninety two. Okay. So good years. You know, it was a lot of fly shit yeah. popping. The industry hadn't folded right. just yet. At least not the the spaces in the industry that we Mm-hmm. We meaning all of us would have been chasing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was alive and well. Yeah. And um What a squad. Did you ever play basketball with that squad? Who <laughs> the, was that? All the guys you mentioned. Um Lord Sear, Bobito, um <laughs> Yeah, I played Curious, ball with Bob in um, New yeah, York I've, for years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we both played in Bob's tournament a couple years ago. Absolutely. In yeah. his one on one tournament. Yeah, man. I blew a damn near pulled a hamstring. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I don't think I got out of the first round. Yeah, I was points. I was jammed up. I wasn't gonna play, and Bob was talking shit to me all morning. And 
fucking pull the hamstring. He, so it was, was a one-on-one tournament? Yeah, he invented full this. full-court 21. One-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's you're playing a, 21. It's a it's Bobito's it's, tournament. That's it's, hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's full called. court. Well, actually, at first it's like half court, right? And everybody's kind of out there, like in a kind of in the some of the preliminary rounds. In the preliminary rounds, it's almost like a it's almost like roughhouse or 21. Right, just, it's yeah. almost just kind of like whoever can get it up there is going to go on to the next round, and mm-hmm. then eventually it's like one-on-one, like, full-court crazy. It's yeah. pretty crazy. That's it's, hilarious. It's buck wild. And it's Does this still happen? Now. Right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just beginning to really blossom. This is probably, oh, wow. he's been doing it, what, four or five years now? Yeah, right? five, six years, something like yeah. that. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, so you're linking up with those guys. You're, um, this is your college years. You get out of college. You're, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing the college thing or, like, the career thing? Yeah, I got out of school and... I had some job offers coming yeah. out of school, and I also had a chance to go to a couple of uh, open camps. Mm. I wasn't drafted or okay, recruited yeah, by yeah. anyone. Yeah. So was this kind of where your head was at, though? You're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be a ball player. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely a, a possibility. Right. Right. I it was wasn't an married to it. It was more of an option than someone like me. It was an option. <laughs> 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 I, if you if you say so, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm not, I'm not but yeah, on. man, it, it, I had the option to take some jobs. I had an option to see what I was made of as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I went out for a couple teams. I ended up making a taxi squad for a team called the New Jersey Jammers. Mm-hmm. And ironically, they played their home games in my high school gym. What? Oh, wow. My high school coach's head coach, Bob Nastis, was the coach. My high school coach was the assistant coach. Crazy. Two guys two years ahead of me from my high school started on that team. Uh-huh. And I was on a taxi team for 80% of the season and got to play a few games towards the end. Okay. And um, had a small shoulder injury that I was concerned about. And I was probably like four years away, you know, keep it a buck. I was one of those guys. I wasn't going to go straight to the league. Right, right, right. At all. Wasn't confused about it. Nothing. Right, right. right. You saw. I was like, you know, you want to fucking chase these dreams or you want to go. Chase some dreams. Chase some others. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's how I ended up in Philly. Nice. I heard, I feel like there's a story, like, do you have, like, a poster of you posterizing Rick Fox? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. That's fantastic. It's, uh, it's <laughs> He's just somebody that... My pride and joy. That, he, yeah, Every tell time us about I feel that. a little down, man, I just look back at that, like, yeah, they blew us out by 40, but I gave homeboy, like, 19. And, like, and you got the, boards. like, the visual representation yeah, of, like, pounded on, pounded on him and his man a couple times. It was, fantastic. We got smashed, though. Like, this was in that league? Yeah, was this it? was at Cornell. Oh, in, in college. Okay. King Rice, and Hubert Davis. Oh, Rick man, Fox, Hubert Davis. George Lynch, possibly the strongest human being I've ever <laughs> competed with in my life. It was like Damn. running into a fucking wall. That's amazing, man, that there's this whole other, like, life that, that you transfer. But that, that in itself is its own crazy story, and then you kind of transfer into the music world. So how did you end up in Philly again? I... After basketball, You're like this, I took this a spot. job offer in Philly. Oh, okay. So I turned it, down eight jobs, 
t- maybe 10 jobs. To What's that play? like back in the day when you, you get out of college and people try to give you jobs and stuff? I feel like yeah, the kids crazy. today have no idea what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the What was this, was, at 92, 93 or something like that? 92, okay. yeah. I got out of school in 92. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the job offerings opened up again. Yeah. You know, my, my coaches were really important in helping me make the right decision. Okay. You know? I'm in college. I played for Jan Van Bredikoff in college. You know, it's pro. You remember Jan Van Bredikoff for the Nets. Ridiculous yeah. jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, my high school coach was John Richardson. He played here for Harry Litwack at Temple okay. for years. So it was like, you know, real dudes that was used to helping right. young guys out that had decisions to make. And, and so you're here, and then how do you start to discover the Philadelphia hip-hop world? I tripped over Mike Nice. Nice. I went to high school with in Lakewood. Oh, okay. Our families knew Wait, each other. Will, he we will have to born. be on the show, too, because I'd love to hear his story. Other I didn't channel. know that there was that hometown connection. I grew connection. up with Mike. Okay, that's great. That's Word awesome. Yeah. You know, since we were kids. Uh-huh. He's yeah, Mark was going bubbles. to the Art, Art Institute, and a mutual friend told me that he was here. I run into him. He's got a DJ crew with Lazelle Williams. Right. Who you know. You know, I still see these guys every yeah. weekend. And <laughs> we all work together. Yeah. You know what's great is I used to see those guys every weekend yeah. at Armand's. <laughs> and it was always a motherfucking trip with Lazelle and Mike Nice. They yeah. were always coming together, man. <laughs> always. Every weekend. They had a crew. And they was doing, you know, a couple little temple parties. Yeah. And a couple little, you know, Drexel, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yo. I want some. Right. Mike was like, you still rocking? I was yeah. like, nigga, I don't got no furniture. I got my right. wheels <laughs> and my records in a crib and a bed. Like, that's what I got in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And boom, we was right back to doing what we were doing in high school. Oh, that's what's Me up. and Mike DJed mad high school parties together. Wow. I bought my first nice. set of speakers from a 10th grade science teacher, Mr. Scott. Mm-hmm. Big ass electric voices, like fucking... Shout out, Mr. Scott. Shouts to Mr. Scott and his Jerry Curl. <laughs> he was ill. Mr. Scott would DJ our parties, me and Mike. It was some older brothers around our way, Bassie, Scorpio, mm-hmm. Reality, Intel, all dudes around our way. That was, you know, they were our Jazzy Jeff and Grandmaster right, Vic. Right, right, right. Lightning Rich and all of that. You know, we had our own space in that, just like every... Yeah. City has their own space and whatever mm-hmm. from any genre, but talking about me, that was my that was yeah, the space yeah. I was in. Yeah, I like hearing that too because you it, it you do get to see how maybe smaller parts of the the world still had their own like icons, like you just described. Because to connect it to like footworks and all, like when I discovered that, that was like my discovery of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a whole bunch of other people in this planet that are in this shit as much as I did because I didn't really know them, you know, where I was at, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I feel lucky to to to, to come up in that because yeah, you know, it's analog. Yeah, it's like an embryonic time for the whole culture. Right? Yeah, if you step out of line, somebody's gonna put you in line, right? Some way or another. Oh yeah, whether it's a confrontation, a teachable yeah. moment. That's why I say Whatever. too. I'm like uh, rules were rules. A rules are more fucking back then. rules. I was. I <laughs> tell people. I, mean? I was like. Yeah. I was DJing in my bedroom for like five years before I told anyone that I DJed because if you said you were a DJ, that meant you had to be able to do a certain amount. Uh, you know, there was like right. a base level of skill. Perception. Right? Yeah, yeah. Perception. So it was like if you weren't like one of my five best friends, like 
I didn't say like, yo, I DJ. You know? right. I was like, I have turntables. Where around <laughs> my way, some days of the week we'd be in Mike's garage. Some uh-huh. days of the week we'd be in my bedroom. Some days of the week we'd be at Jeff's house. Yeah. Depending on what was happening that week, especially if it was out of basketball season. Yeah. We always DJing. That's crazy. Always getting up. What uh, what clubs were you DJing at around, or where were you going? What were the, or where is it like mainly temple spots? When I first came to Philly, the Ritz was still open. Mm-hmm. The baseline had just closed. Uh, this was pre Egypt. I got here in '92. Like yeah. Egypt, Egypt was like '90, '95. Yeah, uh, that's I was under it. Yeah, I was Egypt's was mid '90s. Yeah, yeah, evolution. Evolution, of course. definitely. Well, see, I'm yeah. here in one. 2002. Yeah. Egypt was still there. It was still Egypt for like a minute. It was still, couple it was still it was after the burn down. That was after the burn I, down, right? I, Egypt was like, um, that was like an under 18 night for me. And then um, Evolution was when I was old. I was like 21. Mm-hmm. Jack Boogie and them did the night yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then Philo's, Jack and them started. Philo's, Fluid. Yeah. You know, um, it was so many spots, man. Man, I think I remember one of the first times I saw you DJ was at this spot called 1415 on Locust Holy Street. Shit. I think Tony Touch was there, yeah. too. It was like you and Tony Touch. It was it was kind of like a ravey club, too, yeah. but they had like a hip-hop night or yeah. like a hip-hop room. Yeah, hip-hop That's when room. I first found everything, and I was just like, I go to Footwork. Diesel I go, Boy and them was playing. Yeah, yeah, or I'd, and I would just... The internet wasn't what it was, so you'd have to go and like find flyers to all these joints, and then like meet people, get word of mouth, yeah, and it was then hand like, to hand, yeah, like, you were in it or you wasn't, yeah, yeah, and you, you know? yeah, there was no need to like, if you knew about it, you would, you knew about it. There wasn't like a, a internet promotion or like people, what well, people wandering in that they didn't know what it was. Like you knew where you were going. If you no were doubt, going spots, yeah. no question. So then, like, things kind of started to change in the city, right? And you were doing, you were always doing a lot of stuff in New York, right? I was always doing stuff in Philly. In the 90s, yeah, yeah imagine when I was in my 20s oh, well. and me and the thing with me and Mike and Lazelle took ground. You know, we had the black Greek circuit right. in the schools mm-hmm. rocking. You know, like, Lazelle mm-hmm. would be at LaSalle mm-hmm. doing some shit. Mike would be at Temple. I would be at Penn. Yeah. End of the night, we scooped it, you know, basic Damn. road, you know, mobile business. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of cut our teeth mm-hmm. doing mobile gigs. That's which is kind of double work because yeah. you got to be an engineer all too. The shit out. Yeah. You know, you got to set up his tail to snout. So we, we got a blue collar. Yeah. And then King Britt gave me and Mike a break at Silk City. Maybe about seven, eight months after I got here, okay. I was in everybody's face. Like, yeah, yeah. Take Just this mixtape, hanging out, take this yep. CD. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Cosmo and Ari right. and Questlove at Armand's. Right. I'm so yeah, now we're so Questlove yeah. like two man carrying a milk crate to Silk City. Yeah. Both of them underage. Right. Right. This is all like, yeah, this is all like a little what? before I got around. But King yeah. Brit is fucking DJing for Diggable Planets. Yeah. Uh, I met him uh, in D.C. I used to, I was like a resident DJ at the 930 Club, the old one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came through with Diggable Planets, and I was doing like an opening set for their show. And he just like came up from like the, the downstairs and was just like, yo, I like the stuff you're playing and stuff. Yeah, and it was King, just man. years before I even thought of moving to Philly. This was like, this this guy just like, you know, yeah. kindred music spirit. Yeah. Unbelievable dude, man. Yeah, King gave, that was the first time I ever played for a 21 and over room. Okay. 
So you were all doing like the college stuff, and that was your first like real. So this was what like ninety five, probably. No, it was ninety two. It was the end oh, of ninety two. Okay. You know, early ninety three. Okay. Because I had, I got here August of ninety two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was like coming into summertime. Nice. Ninety three, right. and uh, yeah, playing at Silk just cracked everything open. Right. Right. Because all of a sudden, dudes that knew me as a the tall dude that came and danced all the time. Mm. They saw me DJing. Yeah. And we okay. all know what that does right. when right. that happens, you right. know. Oh, yeah. Once I you push that snowball down mm-hmm. the hill. Yeah. We got something else for you. Come here. Yeah. It's, it's, good. it's a good time. I kept a real job for four years. Yeah. Almost five years. Uh-huh. And right before we opened the shop was when I walked away from Okay. The corporate. So it was actually like a matter of, like you needed to free up time. That's why you left the job or was it Yeah, I wanted to free up. Right. I knew that if I worked 5 nights a week, I could make close to a grand if not better yeah. per week. Yeah. If I could make 4 grand a week fundamentally tax free. Yeah. Like a fuck about your 401k. Right. right. Health, Nobody in my family ever had that shit. Yeah, my right. moms ain't had no dental insurance, nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> creature comforts. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got styles of ramen, son. Like, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm nasty. Yeah. With the ramen. I, th- I know. I think <laughs> that's like a huge part of DJing when, you, when you're like. Butter, jelly sandwich. Yeah. Oh. Speaking like, of those ramen the styles. I remember, yeah, I remember being like, if I could just make like a hundred bucks a week, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll be okay. Because yeah. like you know, Northern Liberty's rent 60... back then was like 300 a month or something. Word I was like, up. if I could 60 just get like out of those $100, dollars, it's going to go right back into records. Too. Right back right. into yeah. fucking records. That's that's what's hard. Records over That's what I have a hard time remembering how we I did that. How do we do that? <laughs> yeah. How was this profit? Found a fucking way. Yeah. yeah. Found a goddamn way, man. So at what point um did you discover uh uh your place with, with like Afrobeat music and like Fela and stuff? Cause I feel like that was like a point where you you became like Sort of the global go-to guy for yeah, that for, was the the new identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, How, talk about Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So Jack Boogie, mm-hmm. who y'all know, yeah, introduced me Shout to Jack Train. Right, all, all also works. All guys this who worked at the records This is first year before I was that. Here. Yeah, I was at Train's crib weekly, like banging out. Five hundred dollars, thousand dollars. I got this fucking well. Fortune five hundred job. I'm clapped up. Nice, yeah. I'm in the record deal. Like, yeah. Let me hold that. Like, what else do I Buying have to spend? Wild on? shit from yeah. Ari. So after like two, three months of that, we loading up the car, and he throws this record on the top of the bunch of. They filled the whole trunk with records that I bought, and he threw a record on top of it, and it was. The best, best of Fela Kuti. Mm-hmm. And then he gave me another record, the Fela Kuti and Ginger Baker album. Mm-hmm. And he was like, considering the shit that you buy for me, I'm just, I think you're going to love that. Okay. Put put it on. Put you on. Boom. Uh-huh. I put that shit on. I was like, that's not Patois. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. 
what the fuck are you saying? Right, right. 31 minutes like, later. There, there's only, there was only two Where's ways the singing? of... Right, right. There's only... So far, we only know two, uh, two styles of rapping on a record or speaking on a right. record. And this was like a third right. one. I know, none, I know none about no twee right. language. I know mm-hmm. none about no pigeon English. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I damn near minored in Africana studies at a fucking Ivy League institution. Right. And I didn't know shit about that. It pissed me the fuck off. Right. But there was this whole thing that you... So... Now I got a fucking chip on my shoulder. Now I'm pissed. So I'm going like fucking deep, going deep. 10,000 leagues below the sea, just getting after it. Yeah. And called as much of that shit as I possibly could and learned a shitload about it. And during the times when I would see y'all in the 90s, I was notorious for, especially when I was at the Palmer. At any given point in the night, I'm going Shopping to play a fail. Afro I'm going to play starts. a fail. Yeah, yeah. And you would think I pulled out a fucking Uzi in a DJ booth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, people are spooking motherfuckers off the dance floor. Right, right, Moses. Right. Part yeah, of yeah, the fucking yeah. seat. <laughs> Straight up. And the best part is this song is probably the minimum of like 16, 18 minutes. So you're going to have to just... You're going to have to hold that. <laughs> Whole lot. Ain't no Serato. Ain't no cue points in this bitch. I remember. I, and you're definitely not somebody to be trifled with as far as the requests either. So, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, I, that's, yeah, you're, you're an expert sniper. This is the thing with the DJ shit. It was a willingness to take that punch in the face. Sure. That's consistently. And that's, all the time, that, I'm and that's that's I I, I credit you. you with having that personality because I don't have it. You know what I mean? Like I I have it for two or three minutes to break a new <laughs> record, but I don't have it to like do like a whole night. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I just I that's that's a great quality that you have. You know, uh, and a I, warrior. I, I yeah. think it's right. important part of the game. You know, I think you know we we're doing a service. Mm. We're in a service business. Yeah, you know, and part of our service is. Education, yeah, for sure. And you can you can sneak it in. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to be fucking, you know, Gandhi, Martin Luther King about it. Right. Like, you ain't got to go all the way over there. But yeah. you can dose. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I've heard both of y'all. I've heard you yeah, do yeah, it at yeah. Holotronics. Right, right. I've heard you do it at your shit. I've heard you do it at your shit. I know what t- I know who I'm talking to. Right. Right. I'm not right. saying nothing slick to a yeah. can of oil. I'm just owning. A belief in that vocabulary, yeah, 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 and then an, an adherence to it. You I remember I, mean? I bought one of your Afro Beats tapes. Also, to be clear, the Afro Beats we're discussing is from what what decade? It's really, no S at the well, end. Yeah, it's first just of Afro all, Beat. Thank you. Okay, well, it's just Afro Beat. Afro that's Beats, that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, right? Afro Beats with an S is a catch-all for the current state of African pop music. All right, okay, which happens to be led by house music. Okay. It's not that that's music. what I was getting at. Yeah. I want for the listener no, who's thinking we're talking about Afrobeat. Yeah. We're talking right. about But I mean and when you talk about Afrobeat, you're sort of singularly talking about Fela. Like because Fela takes up about ninety eight percent of the right. space. Right. In and terms then of the emphasis. Just, yeah. Fela and Tony Allen. Yeah. And then you have to talk about Geraldo Pino. You have to talk about uh Peter King. Uh, William Onyebor, you know, a bunch of other artists that play in the same tradition, you know, funk from an African perspective mm-hmm. that borrows a little bit of American sensibility right. that creates a, a particular bounce in the, you know, it's a particular percussive disp- disposition. It's particular, especially with Afrobeat. I mean, the reason the music is called Afrobeat is because it's named after 
Tony Allen's signature drumming style. Okay. Which you find consistently across right. the span of Fela's music. Okay. It's kind of like And across a, the span of Afrobeat, no matter where else it comes from. The way you have like a dembo. A stuttering rhythm. kick yeah. and a stuttering snare, but yeah, it's just stutter. like sitting. It just, Questlove posted a, a thing on Instagram where he was playing a, a Tony Allen rhythm and he was talking about how, why this rhythm is so important. Interesting. Because it's so difficult. It's so simple. Yeah. But it's so difficult to hold it to the metronome. Oh, okay. You know? Right, right, because right. It's, it's, a, hard, it's a different kind of fighting, pocket. right? Yeah, it's like yeah. you're going from fighting orthodox to now you're, you're fighting the same mm-hmm. fight southpaw. Right. And no matter how good a fighter you are, yeah, if you're not used Soft. to switching stances, you got issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's named Afrobeat after the actual drum. Tony pattern. Allen, yeah. the drummer for Africa 70, which is Fela's second band okay. after Kula Lobitos. Um, Tony Allen comes up with this rhythm in discussion with Fela about the music they're creating and okay. it becomes the bed for this style that and Fela's compositions and songwriting and the fact that he just didn't give a fuck right he just said whatever the fuck he wanted to say and he was right and he was intelligent about it and he was batshit crazy at the same time mm-hmm. and you know this is where you find a lot of genius yeah for sure and he's also fighting them government pretty hard hard man. body hard body karate at all times, like relentless, you know? and they were relentless yeah. on him. Yeah. So this kind of also went online. I, I mean, I also when we're talking about entry points and how everybody knows the remedy was a huge. Uh, yeah, man. You know, Jesus. I mean, I I I used a fake ID to get into the first <laughs> one, <laughs> um, but it's cause it was easy because I'm so old they didn't have the hologram, so I just yeah. like cut out the number. It's the regular, yeah. the slide right. in, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that shit. Yeah, no more. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that and uh, I made my own, but I think. Um, Man, there was a month where you guys had like it was like Jazzy Jeff. It might have been like the opening month or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, but it was like Jazzy Jeff, Cosmic Kev, Jay Ski. Like every week, you had like all these Philly heavy hitters of the time. Unbelievable. And I was like, and it was Monday night, and I was like still in school. But I was like, I yeah, got it. I gotta go to the Remedy, man. Yeah. Um, Cosmo that was, and Jack that, was that seemed like a better right. school than the school you had to go to. <laughs> well, for, for what I ended up doing, it definitely was. Right? It's like you went to school. Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. So this is during the same time as footwork. Right. Footwork right. is open. Fluid opens shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Diesel Boy is the prime. They did the platinum spotlight. Thursday. They did the platinum party. Yeah. Rob the Payne and them had their drawing. Mm-hmm. Me and Cosmo. Well, eventually, me and Cosmo yeah. uh, tell that full story. And then eventually, Dennis Perez and I were doing African African vibes. I remember that, yeah. So, Fluid opens. And, yeah, to all those guys that you mentioned were there. And that party was started by, actually, by Cosmo and Boog. Mm. Jack Boogie started that party with Cos. Then I they, was probably, like, the most frequent guest Okay. In the beginning. And then it was like, let's just do it. Yeah. Well, what happened was when Cosmo was in that accident. Right, right, right. That was a huge, that was a major thing. I didn't really know Cos yet then. I yeah. just like, yeah. So to me, it was Cos's party. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
I did that party for Cab Fair yeah. for the next year and change. Just, uh, just so he had. Gave uh, all of the guap to his family from the yeah, party. So when he got back like on that. his feet yeah. and he came back around. That's, that's a strong when, look. That's, <laughs> that's a strong look right there. It was really like, all right, this is our shit. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And we and it was just like, I, when you talk about the format of a party, like that's always so important. And I, I think it's something a lot of new DJs might not focus as much on as yeah. they should. Yeah. But it was like you would go and you would hear some new new weird shit, some new underground shit. And then you would hear the classics. And then by the end of the night, it's like, what are they going to do? But you knew it wasn't going to be hip hop, you right. know, which is what I liked. I right. was like, okay. I always like a Roy Ayers running away is like right. a big record. I always think of right. that. Or like Absolutely. Cosmo doing his uh, California soul into the gang star. You know what I 100%. mean? Shit like that. And, I, and it's just like, uh, it was so great. But the, the important thing is there's, Men and women dancing the whole time. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's a and party. that's that's what made the party special. Yeah. It's a party, man. Yeah. I mean the the community that frequented the party, frequented y'all's party. Yeah. They liked y'all's style. Well, that was just like, like yeah. they liked our style. They would go to your joints. Mm-hmm. They'll go to your joints right. and give you know everything give like you shared. every fucking thing they got. The, the whole time. Every, everybody shared a little bit, like, influence. You People know? took ownership. Right. People felt like, this is my party. Yeah. I'll put you the fuck out before security gets over here. Right, right, <laughs> right. Just don't fuck this up. Yeah. Because I could be doing some, some fuck boy shit over here Yeah. if I wasn't in here having a good time. Yeah. So I'm not going to let you fuck this up. Yeah. That was what made the space special. And we came from... Again, back to this like commercial decisions versus underground decisions. Mm-hmm. We were like, it's not about whether the party is commercial or not. It's about how much technique we show, how much musical range we show, mm-hmm. and what kind of sync are we working in. Mm-hmm. Am I enjoying you? Yeah. When you're rocking, or am I just waiting my fucking turn? Mm. Or do I want you to get the fuck off the wheels? Because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Just keep it a buck. Yeah. Me and Kaz were always very clear. Yeah. With each other about that. You guys we had that plan the night out, but right. We it was like talk, we're gonna go here. We're gonna go here. And then let's yeah. go here. Yo, I got mm. this. Right. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and that. And another <laughs> thing too is then you're you're um. That's a that's a that's a rare relationship. I only have it with a few people. Mike being one of them, right? You know where you just know like you're going to be able to like even if you're in a place. There's where, a short. Like, you might yeah. like you know when the other person like might kinda, need a little might, tag out. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. You trust them with the rock, right? Yeah, exactly. You right. give him the rock under pressure. Exactly. Yeah, and there's a shorthand. Like you could be like. Let's do blah blah blah. And it could be some like abstract right. word that only you two know. And right. you're like, but they know exactly what right. direction that right. means. That you know? takes a relationship. Yeah. And that yeah. relationship takes work. And that work will bear fruit yeah. if you have some place to apply it. Yeah. And it was like a fucking playground. Yeah. You know? it's unbelievable. Monday night too. Beautiful man. place. Monday was significant because with respect to King Brit and mm-hmm. Dazia. Back to Basics at Silk City was Monday. Okay. That was like right before my time. I had never right. been to a back. But I always hear about that part. That's why we did Monday. A, a continuation. Of carrying on this tradition. Yeah. Okay. I, of I, 
party people in Philly. On I Monday. knew that was the spot before I was around. And then, but yeah, you know, sense. consequently, at Fluid when we started Mad Decent Monday, part of that inspiration was just I wasn't actually at the Remedy, but just hearing like the stories. And yeah. It was like, All right, let's let's do this. Over yeah, here. and you guys were representing a legitimate representation of our point for a new newer age generation of. The same type but of motherfucker that we were doing. Now it that for. I think about it, it was definitely influenced by both of like the waves that you know with Holotronics and then mm-hmm. uh, and then what you guys were doing over there on Mondays. We were just like, all right, this can work on a Monday, especially especially because we were we were booking a lot of out of town talent and stuff. So we would get people that would come to New York yeah. or DC on the weekend. That I think really, a lot of people have and your shit was Mondays. more of a production than ours. I was just show up and play records. You're yeah. doing a fucking production. You're bringing talent. You're bringing motherfuckers to perform. You got to worry about transportation, all this other shit, you know. It's, it's well, you guys definitely had guests at The Remedy. We had guests. Yeah. But it was different, man. Some de- yeah. casual yeah. DJ. Cats yeah. was promoing records. So it was part of, you know, a, to- a, a road run, a promo Somebody tour. remember last time somebody Show showed up in the DJ booth with a piece of vinyl yeah. and asked you to play it? And, you know, like, and if you got a mic? I still get... I, <laughs> the, my memory of that, time. and it was like when I was DJing Eden Rock, and uh, it was when 50 Cent was at, at his hottest, and the dude from the label came in and gave me In the Club, and I was like... I played it right away. It was the first time I heard it was in the club, but he was so hot. I was like, I can play this and it'll be all right. I was like, mm-hmm. checked it out real quick. It was in tempo. You know what I mean? Dropped it and it went off. So the but first time like, you heard 50 Cent in the club was, was when in the you club. were DJing Playing in the club. <laughs> <laughs> and you played it in yeah. the club. Right, right. And then I, 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 we gotta, we gotta do a whole episode on this story alone. And I played it in the club. Right, right. No, I, I love telling that story because I still have the promo. Because I had just left Armand's because I was starting to feel myself because I was like getting gigs, you know. But one of my main concerns was, am I going to be able to keep up on records the same way? Because I wouldn't have it in my face like that. And like this dude, I was like, yeah, I'm getting the the reps giving me records while I'm DJing. I was like, this is is all I ever wanted, man. 100%. (laughs) Free records. Yeah, and y'all was shining, you know? Like, when y'all's thing got started, like... Yeah. Any DJs, and I'll just say generations just for argument's sake, you know? But, like, all of us were looking at that, at least all of us that were residents. Yeah. Not famous guys from the city. Yeah. That's different than a resident. Right, a worker. A worker DJ. Yeah, blue yeah. collar. Dish. Right. I say that shit to people now. For and real. And they're like, what do you mean blue collar DJ? I'm like, they don't Fam. get it. That's you, you, Christopher Columbus. It's like, have you, you, have you ever DJed to a room full of people who don't give a shit who you are? <laughs> you ever, <laughs> ever DJed to nobody <laughs> right. for a month <laughs> <Right>. straight, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden your thing grows legs? This tradition yeah. of DJing in Philly is just like, it's just it's a job, just like any other job. And I don't think like I don't think other cities have it well, quite speaking the same. of that. Generational way, hundred percent. I used to set an alarm on on nights when I maybe couldn't make it, or if I did have still have the day job and had to go, I would set an alarm for like one thirty p.m. and I'd ride my bike over to Fluid to hand out flyers and <laughs> right. go back to sleep because that was like that was a huge letout, right? You, that was that's major. exactly who you needed to get. Major. I'd be like, "Fuck, I don't feel like going over to Fluid right now." Yeah, it wasn't no light, but I got buttons. to. You know, this is like yeah. wasn't no fucking like buttons. So uh-huh. You better be out there sniping windshields, doing hand to hands, glad handing bartenders. Yes, yes. it's you know crazy because everything we're describing is a whole lot of things that 
on the the level of work and dedication it took, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was like I, when Serato came out. Was like, right. I don't got to carry shit no more. Uh, yeah, I, I did. A, are you still doing vinyl gigs? Absolutely. You, yeah, you do a lot of them, right? Yeah. I, I just did one on the fly um, this week. Which was convenient because I had my records in the trunk from the last one I did three months ago. <laughs> but it was like, this is the records and stuff I play. But um, you still spend a lot of money on records. Mm-hmm. You and Kaz. Yeah, man, it's, it's terrible. It's I think, drugs. I, maybe it was retail burnout that made me just just fucking turn my back on the whole thing. I feel like you're going through that right now, right? You're going through the last I, throes I'm, of I'm getting I'm definitely rid of redeveloping your... my love of my records but it's more from the sentimental thing like mm. when you when i find one and i'm like oh man i remember when i yeah. bought this and it reminds me of playing it at this party and so and so you know yeah. it's more like looking at a photo album right more so than being like this is rare because it's not yeah. in good condition it's not worth shit financially it's yeah. in dj condition the right. sleeves ripped there's double shoved in there there's tape there's writing on, you know what right, I mean? right. My, yeah. but but to me i'm like which makes it worth more. The sentimental value is sure. literally worth more than the, Got like, miles on that thing. Yeah, yeah. So I like it from that perspective. But even from, like, Discogs has made it so easy to, like, find shit that if there's something I really want, yeah, I'll shell out the 20 or 30 now to buy yeah. it or something like that, you know. I'm not up there with the $300 records or nothing yet. Not yeah, like you guys. You will. <laughs> you will. As soon yeah. as you can, you will. You're going to be like, yo, I got that joint, man. I did it. I yeah. jumped out the window. Right, right, right. Yeah, I haven't thought that yet. I thought about it for a few. But yeah, I look uh, at my collection like a body of work, man. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, just trying to make it make it as round as possible now. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of this and that and this in terms of genres, but now I'm trying to really button it up. What's you the know? great hall like? How are these displayed? Is it is it is it majestic? Do you have a whole room in your place yeah, for the man, records? The whole basement. Is it like uh, Step Brothers? Like don't touch my drum set kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like little lightweight. Yeah, lightweight like that. I got I got a twelve year old, so I got to keep yeah. a little firewall up. But nah, man, it's it's open to be to be touched, and it's pretty organized. I got an intern at my crib right now dealing with some catalog and stuff. We're actually creating like an actual diagram. Uh-huh. Of the collection, and we're using the discogs. Speaking of desk, discogs, we're mm-hmm. using their template. Yeah. So we're gonna like down there. It's gonna take a while to really. So do your collection will like be online. I want to evaluate. I want to have a true, legitimate evaluation. evaluation of the product I have in my hand. That's mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's what we're going for. You said so. You it just made me think. You have a twelve-year-old. Yeah. How has that affected your relationship with music? Uh, magnifies it tenfold. Yeah. You know? I always, I think that's interesting. Because, like, he can put you on this shit, right? 100%. Now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that he got an opinion? Yeah. Now, that's this, well, I've, seen guys, yeah. I've seen you guys on the Instagram in the car a lot of times when, yeah. like, you know, you're, you're driving and, and watching him bugging out and going off Wild. and, like, you know, and doing, like, I don't know. Does he have a TikTok? Is he, does yeah, he, do, he does. We shit, we did man. a show on how like TikTok is this thing that's kind. Con- it's the first thing for people who are pretty well like kept up on new trends. Like TikTok mm. might be that thing that's passing. <laughs> like the first thing to be like, I don't know what this shit yeah. is, but it's popular. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, he's all over that, man. Mm. And uh, you know, he's super musical, and you know, 
music has been in a yeah, you instilled it obviously component yeah. of my life. It's not a it's not an act. I don't turn it off. Yeah, I'm that guy all day. So right. this kid's been swimming in fucking records his entire life. He's been picking up yeah forty fives and ten inches and twelve inches his entire life. Yeah, he can tell someone what that is. When they say, what is that? He can say, yeah. oh, listen, this is how it he works. He can come yeah. in a room, take yeah. a record out of the sleeve, mm-hmm. put the needle on it, yeah. open the fader. Like, you know, That's he's something got a vocabulary, like a lot of but he don't love it. 20-something-year-olds can't do he, that, he's, he don't love it. He don't yeah. love the mechanics. Right. He's more musical. Interesting. You know, he's more inspired by the music. I mean, that dancing around in the car is not an act. Like, that's how he is right. all the time. With me, anyway. Because I'm always in the car when I'm with him, you know. I want his energy up. Yeah. I don't want to be part of the, I had a fucked up day in school and my teacher was fucking with me and this fucking kid won't leave me. I don't want to fuck that. (laughs) We rocking right now. Yeah. Turn that up. Matter of fact, put your fucking phone on it. Right. So what's he going to put on? If he puts (laughs) on, what's What's he gonna put on? What's he, he might put, put you on, on Anderson Pack. Okay. He might put on some K-pop shit. That's okay. his shit. Interesting. Yeah. He might put on any of that you know Drake, Kendrick. Yeah. Then anything. Any yeah. of the staple stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, his mom has a pretty strong pop sensibility too. Okay. Musically, so yeah. he's he's way off in that that karaoke chamber. Okay. You know. That's just a Filipino thing. Okay. <laughs> if I may. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they way up inside of that game. Nice. So who knows? But more often than not, when he's with me, he's after the funky shit. Okay. You know, or he'll change it until he thinks, all right, this is something that. Right. Is, right. It, is there anything you know what I'm like where you're just like, I can't co sign this? Nah. Nah. You're like, let him, let nah, him, let not, him. Not yet. I'm not saying from like a, a parental thing. I'm just saying, like, let him cook. God no, I'm damn. saying, yeah, I, yeah. I know you're going to let him cook, but I'm saying, like, it, despite nah, letting him cook, you're like, everything. no, no, no. I, I mean, like, everything. you're just like, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there are times when things have come on a TV or uh-huh. come on a radio, and I'm like, nah. Uh huh. Right. That's, what, that's yeah. more what I mean. I, obviously, you're going to let him have his freedom to be with yeah, to like But beyond that, yeah. like, nah, man, catch all that shit, mm-hmm. son. You make, it, you make the best decisions after tasting the variety of things. You sure. What you really like. What is your like relationship with hip hop nowadays? If we were to keep the the common I used to lover metaphor going, like in 2020, like I'm a card carrying member of Rocksteady Crew. I'm a card carrying member of Universal Zulu Nation. Right. I, I never went nowhere. In terms of uh, no, but in terms of how you relate to hip hop that's being made today. I mean, commercial radio is commercial radio. Mm. You're talking about rap records that get radio spins. Yeah. Ninety percent of what we hear is not that intriguing mm. i don't even say it's not that intriguing to me it's just not that intriguing it's yeah. low hanging fruit yeah so you know the records that i vest myself in have poetry on them right have narratives and things that speak to things that are relative to everyday life yeah whether back, that be back some to ego that that circle, that collection. Right. That, that whole body Whether it's some ego trip rapper shit or whether it's some super conscious shit, there's mm. poetry and etiquette. Yeah. Writers decorum, mm. production decorum and effort and diligence in place in order for me to feel moved by it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't listen to country music that much either. Right. I dislike country. Right. Play me some shit that I think I could fit. In right, my shit. I'm banging it. Do you still 
And when I ask these questions, it's because these are questions I ask myself or mm-hmm. think about myself. Do you um, listen to new shit and still like be like, oh shit, when you hear a bar? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you like. You just, it seems like you, again, call you a warrior. You fought for a certain kind of like freedom with your DJing. That is the, the ideal that a lot of people say they wanted to be about, but like yeah. couldn't quite. It's the application. Yeah. 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 We all got the theory. Mm-hmm. You know, theory abounds, right? Right. We have Philly. Right. It's the most blue collar of the blue collar. All of us have cut our teeth in the dirtiest gym in the country. Yeah, sure. There's no For two real. ways about For that. Real. Keep it a buck. Uh-huh. When you work your game out in that kind of place and then you take it to other places, why would you not rest on your confidence in what that sparring gave you? Right. Yeah. Right? Fucking with y'all yeah. makes me stand up higher in that fight. I don't have to do all this no more, you know, because the the cats that are really my mans, Mm -hmm. we break the same fucking bread. It's like I seen y'all yesterday, you know, we're talking about relative shit. Yeah, yeah. My perspective in the moment, but we all inside of that. Right, right. I think it's conscious. It definitely is the training ground, man. Yeah, man. What, um, so if you're, so say Hanzo Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what, uh. What uh? What would you tell someone? What is the major things to if someone wants your career path? You know what I mean. And and warning, it takes a lot, right? Yeah. Like it's not for everyone. And there's nothing wrong with just like making good money, DJing in clubs. Yeah. What like what would you say is the some of the key things, key advice you would give to someone who's like, yo, I don't want to play and like have to be like listen to a manager tell mm-hmm. me like. Can you tone down the hip hop a little bit and right. shit like that? Like right. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that that line of work. I think you got to take care of your relationships. Okay. Then you got to make sure that the people that you work with trust you. Yeah. They trust your brand. They trust your word. They know that you're gonna show up. You start to become like a part of the room. You're like the napkins or the the forks or the knives. Nobody talks about it, but they're fucking vital. Yeah. To the space. Without them, the space cannot function. Mm. Can I make this manager or the owner of this place consider me being in this place that important? Yeah. If I can do that, I'll work here for a long time. All right. Irreplaceable. Considering the money I make now, if I'm patient and show up, I could renegotiate my bread as if I had a regular ass nine to five job and it was promotion time and I think I'm I think I've done the caliber of work that's worthy of this pay advance mm. that people yeah. that pass this certain part make. Yeah. Right? Right. So you're applying this corporate vanilla structured mindset yeah. to this totally wide open black market. Right. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So this is discipline, I think, is the biggest word. Yeah. I like think so if you you know you're your own boss, but... Be a boss, then. Yeah. If the shit is broke, fix it. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing it right, and you know self-inflicted injury is the worst injury you could have. Uh-huh. If we playing ball and I step on your foot, yeah. okay, that happens in the game. Right. If I roll my ankle right. because I didn't tie my kicks, yeah. I'm a fucking dickhead. Yeah. That's, that's dumb. P. 
period. <laughs> a lot of motherfuckers in our business yeah. are that guy. Yeah. When it comes to the protocols of stepping in the arena, mm. they're not prepared because it's all fucking theory. And it's all typed out and thumb thugged out and bedroom mixtaped out mm. and yes manned out. Because as soon as you finish it, you got no copy editor. Nobody telling you that shit is out of key mm. or that it's whack or that the mixes is drunk. You put it out there in the world. Everybody that loves you that doesn't think musically. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to, oh, it's great. Thank God yeah. for those people. Bingo. <laughs> You're off to the fucking races. Right. You've right. arrived. Right, 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 right. For sure. Right? Mm hmm. Then you get to the family barbecue and it's time to DJ. And you don't know what a USB cable is. Yeah. You don't know what. The needle, where the needle goes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All those skirts get lifted up. For sure. As as a disc jockey. Right. You want to work. You want to be famous? Take some pictures and yeah. take some flashy pictures and throw them on the internet and say some profound, wavy shit. Right, right. And people will be on your dick. Put some, some trap music in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, put some DJ screw music in the back, whatever. Do whatever you got to do to make your highlights. But that's a highlight. Yeah. You know, that's one play in yeah. a long ass game. That's like one thing when I when I was traveling a lot, like a lot I could see the relief on a lot of promoters' faces when I was and they could see that I could actually just be like a normal DJ. And right. it wasn't just gonna be like mash up crazy yeah. shit the whole time. Yeah. Like it was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna warm the dance floor yeah. up. I'm gonna get everyone going. Then I might do that and I'm gonna do that shit. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I could play a reggae set, I could play R and B set, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got the versatility right. steeped in the tradition. Yeah, yeah, the tradition of of like four like I always talk about formatting you know like like yeah. you could play baltimore club but don't play it at 10 30 p.m you know <laughs> right it's not time Plus, i mean think about what happened when the telecommunications act happened you i know? don't know but yeah let telecommunications me was this the 1996 yeah i i saw a video about all like, of a sudden yeah. one company can have a monopoly on the fm airwaves right mm -hmm. which is you know, what clear channel we're talking about clear channel yeah. radio one that whole universe right like, viacom all that viacom all that yeah that's when you start to hear the same 10 artists per day all year round. No matter the genre, no matter the style. We're talking about urban mm -hmm. for the moment. But across the board, it's the labels that are paying the rent. And songs are gonna get that paid. coincided exactly with the rise in the indie hip-hop and the footworks and all 100%. that scene. And I kind of meant to mention that earlier. Like that's why we all want it because there was, we were disenfranchised. As much as I like a lot of commercial rap, I still to this day look back on that late '90s era as <laughs> like, eh, don't do nothing for me. Super yeah. shiny production, mm -hmm. you know. It's just like it, it's not my shit, you know. Yeah. As far as yeah, you mean the 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 commercial hip hop that was coming out of the late of the 90s. late nineties that made us all go to these like quote unquote backpacky places and then and indie hip hop spots and and look also for more. feel like though in the earliest we days of it we kind of talked about it like how like not necessarily the commercial records but the street records and the underground stuff wasn't so separate like they right. were kind yeah. of like all the records that came out on early days of raucous and like fondalum and stuff right those records were like hard-hitting like street records they weren't yeah they weren't just i also a bunch feel of like, like dudes there was... rapping about their dislike for 
you know, and we were all looking for that accidental crossover, right? Right. Like we've been looking for accidental crossover since Native Tongues. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like records that just jumped up in white people's lives, like. Yeah, un- yeah. And unexplained <laughs> levels yeah, yeah. of jumping up into the white lens right. and becoming these enormous like a scenario culture yeah, changing yeah. dynamics, mm-hmm. you know, we're chasing that dragon. Right. But from that era, yeah. I'm I'm sure we could name a bunch of other groups. Simon and, says that was a big I, that's yeah. the one that that's popped right. up for me. Simon says was kind of like the one kind of the pinnacle. You would of hear like it the, the remedy the, the and crossover. you would hear it on Hot 97. Accidental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that was definitely like maybe the singular track that defines that the most from right. the era for sure, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Annie up maybe a little bit later. A little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that 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 earlier but, groundswell but before thing. that '96 cutoff. Yeah the the same shit that was popping with the heads was also popping in the communities. Well, yeah, because the mix shows disappeared. Yeah. The FM programming changed entirely overnight, and all the mixed shows disappeared. Right. Yeah. The DJs that were playing that on the radio, on the Friday night mix show slots, the weekend mix show slots, that's a wrap. Now they get in a playlist. They say, you play this. College radio is dead. College radio as we know it Mm -hmm. is dead. Yeah. The time when Bob was at Def Jam servicing them with Beastie Boys records and LL records, and yeah. those that's over. That jock that's going to give you a regional spike in BDS because he's playing the new whatever single that your label just put out, and those spins are really being counted the right way. Yeah, that's kind of done. Yeah. And when Footwork was here and you were coming to us and other places in the city, there was a few other graffiti spots in the city at the time, too. But um, musically, people would come to us, for sure. Yeah. And you did the... Um, another big part of that was the spoken word, right? You were... Yeah. Do you still do that often? Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, you would host... Uh, we hosted the All That Show. Right. In the back of the store once a month. We would clear out the store. Right. Lie in the store with, like, hundred seats yeah and we would do spoken word showcase called all that right show originated at the new eurekan poets cafe Uh uh-huh and uh bobito was the barker there rocky la montaigne threw it so i was the barker in philadelphia i mean the roots were our house band for two or three years Mm -hmm. of that time um we did the show there we did a an artist display in the back of the store called the writer's bench where we displayed the work of a different Philadelphia or New York graffiti artist right. once a month. And uh, we were the first mom and pop in the United States with a Nike account. You know, it was a lot of stuff. Damn. This was before Deaf Poetry Jam. Yeah. This That's well a, I remember when that came out, I was like, wow, it's really coming. But it's the really show coming. that mm-hmm. we were doing, that show in New York, that mm-hmm. we were copying in Philadelphia is the breeding ground for everybody that went through right. the right. deaf poetry circuit. Which right. was what? New Eureka Poets Cafe? Right. I went to that right. a few times. All that. Yeah. It still goes on. Rocky still throws it now at, at the New Eureka. So, yeah, that was, um, that was a crazy, crazy time. Um, but, yeah, still, still writing. Yeah. Still performing. <clears throat> Just did a record with Ocean Lade. Did a record with Rob Payne last year. Oh, dope. Um, working on a record with um, Eli Goldstein yeah. from okay. Soul Clap. 
Okay. Um. Yeah. So we've been we've been recording, man. That's so. Yeah. What What else? Uh, what productions are you working on these days? Are you doing? I'm really just getting back in the woodshed now. Yeah. You know, the last yeah. few years I've been kind of stingy because of the very question you asked me in the beginning about DJing and the commercial thing. Uh, when I started popping up on the festival circuit, hmm. I realized that I was DJing with a great deal of producers. Right. Who just so happened to be able to DJ. Well, they, could they DJ? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not even remotely passing judgment on anybody's yeah, yeah. toolbox. I'm just saying, looking around the room, mm-hmm. I see more producers right. than I see disc jockeys. Right. You know what? Were you consider yourself a DJ first? Absolutely. Okay. So everybody that was like, you got to make a make a record, man. You get hot. You know, mm-hmm. you're just going to go up the ladder in a festival circuit. And back to your point about yeah. conscious decisions, I was like, Psst. matter of fact, I'm not making no beats right now. Yeah. Not How about inspired. that? Yeah. How about I want to play on that platform <laughs> because I know that I'll be a fucking unicorn. And that's that mm-hmm. shit where I, that's that shit that you are a fucking unicorn. Exactly. Because I'll be a unicorn over there just because for taking not it off being the floor a, to the floor. Not being a producer and still imposing your will while educating people about the music that you're playing. Right. And successfully defiantly doing that like right. i'm telling you that's getting like, that's getting, like that's the pipe dream of everybody yeah, you're getting you're you know, getting like, brought to different cities and different places to do you to play what you think is good music right, right. you know what i mean like right. people, and people are like yes i think i agree with what he thinks is good I, music, it comes off gonna, defiant i will sign yeah. up for that it like, comes you know. off defiant versus the commercial argument, right exactly but yeah. in, in actually in actuality it's it's far more caring far yeah it's far more intimate. Yeah. Actual, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so much more intimate than that. And I think that people on the other side of the fence from us, when they can feel that energy in a legitimate way, they're going to fucking respond. Yeah. They have no choice. Yeah. They're going to, res- and that response could be full spectrum. Yeah. Some of it'll be great. Some of it's going to be shitty. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I know full well for every fan, I got a couple of dudes that hate my fucking guts. That's cool. Yeah. That's totally fine. Or at least it's if your you're not guts shaking and not, something a, not a fake Rich Medina portrayal's guts. Or that let's you just don't fucking even fight like. and get it yeah. over with. What's the fucking problem? <laughs> if, we, if, we, if it's a real problem, let's get it over with. Let's talk it out and keep it moving. My point is, you know, you can't rely on your concern about everything being perfect. And it's easy to forget that it's about the trip. It's not about where you get. Yeah. You know, it's not about the landing. Do you feel like when you're DJing and um, do you feel like you may may be pigeonholed at times? Or do you feel like, like, do you feel like, okay, I'm here, so people definitely want me to play some Afrobeat? No. And maybe you're not in that mood to play some Afrobeat? Yeah. 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 Um, I always ask anybody that books me, what what is what's happening? Yeah, yeah. What, what is, is this? What do you want to see? What this side guy, of me do you want to see? This is your resident DJ. You mm-hmm. have a resident DJ, so you do a certain thing here. Right. What is that? Right, right, right. And they're like, God, oh, don't worry about it, Rich. Just do you. Just I'm do like, you. don't yeah. fucking tell me that, son. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I, I come I in here on some uh, soccer shit, and y'all play basketball. Right. Like, come on, B. Right, right. <laughs> don't let me play myself out. At least give me the opportunity. I always say that to too. address your theme. Mm-hmm with the respect that it deserves and put 
my personality on it. Right, right. But exactly. I, it's got to sit around. This is your house. Yeah. I'm not going to rearrange the fucking furniture in your <laughs> house. I might sit in a different place on the couch. I might actually use your ottoman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that type of thing. It's not trying to rearrange a house right. and be deeper than thou and play so deep and everything. No, right, it's right. not that at all. It's just not adhering to the highlight real mindset of the internet. Right, right. It's kind of like no matter where, what kind of party you're DJing or what kind of uh, genres you're going to be playing, there's still like jams within those, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, man. that everyone's going to want to hear mm -hmm. and you got to play them because that's like, Gonna go off really yeah. well. It just might not be the same ones that go off at the mainstream right. club, right? And you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Some right. records you got to let that shit breathe. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Some records you in and out in a verse. Yeah. Some records demand a particular technique applied to it for Definitely. it to come off funky. Mm -hmm. Question is, how many disciplines can you fight? Mm -hmm. So you find a lot of dudes in the arena fighting above their weight class yeah. in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Sloppy, goofy renditions uh -huh. of things that if they would only fucking practice. <laughs> yeah. Nailing that routine. Right. And would get critical motherfuckers like us on the side of the booth like, yo. He's going there. Yeah. Money. He, his muscle memory on that shit is crispy. Mm -hmm. Check. Yeah. Mark of respect. Next time I see that guy in the street, I'm like, "Yeah, what up, money?" Right. I ain't gonna jump in his life. Are we? Are we? Are we not out there enough passing judgment on these young kids? <laughs> we should be. We should be kind of moving differently and just start going to random things for no other reason we're, other we're than fucking scorecards. Like, yeah, we'll just, eight point two. Right. Well, I mean, it ain't even the young boys. Every I, DJ is doing it anyway. In their I head, say it right? from the perspective of seeing some cats on some really sure, big platforms, man. and we've seen it yeah. a lot with a lot of our like older legends that failed to keep up the practice. Really big you arenas I mean? and being. Socially arrogant, yeah, and then being—you can't be sloppy and be socially arrogant. Right. You know? You're gonna be socially arrogant. You got to be like, you know, Conor McGregor level, right? I feel like, like execution, yeah. Kobe Bryant, mm. you know, <laughs> some other, yeah. you know, them type of aliens. You know, they come right. along once a generation. These niggas, you know, right. they're different. <laughs> you got to be that guy that pops shit, yeah, and then have a bad day, yeah. Yeah. You can't pop shit and have a bad day. They don't go together. So it's nah. a good pop, chance pop though. It. If you're from Philly, like you're not even gonna become that person. Like the city won't let you get, <laughs> like, become whack. Like right. it will it will you'll be out the door before that happens. You that's know what so saying? fucking true, man. And that's totally to the point about the gym that this place is, man. It's so blue collar here. Yeah. People are like, like and we it's, were talking about when did the traveling start? Mm-hmm. The traveling started when I turned 32, 33, mm -hmm. and the cats that was partying with me through our 20s, now they familyed up. Right. right now right, they right. jobbed up. Right. They're like, Monday night? Yeah. What, diamonds coming out your dick on yeah. the stage? Yeah. No? Yeah. I ain't coming. Great right. point. I got yeah. two kids and four jobs. So true. And Love you. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Something every young DJ has to consider that time when everyone who's coming out to their parties right now doesn't go out anymore. They're not going anywhere else. They're not leaving yeah, the house. It's not that they're not going yeah. to see you. They're right. just nowhere near as passionate about music as you are. Yeah. Right. And that's that okay. too. Or they're just, yeah, they're just. Or, which in. goes back to school, high school and college. Those eras right there for most people who aren't complete psychopaths like all of us. Yeah. That's when music 
and its importance in their lives like reaches this critical place. Once the kids and the and the families start, you're just not you don't have that same freedom. Like yeah. life is way more prominent than those records that you really like loved mm-hmm. at that time. And you just you're a lot of people's relationship with music falls off it like peaks. so hard yeah. that you can't pay, expect people of your own age as you kind of keep getting up there to be coming through the, right. the mm-hmm. damn club. Like you just yep. So you're Scott. saying that's when traveling started for you? Well, that's when traveling had to because, turn because up. Because the, the foundation, I yeah. I had, you know, I had a standard of living I'd set for myself right here in a 215. Mm-hmm. Before, I mean, you know, things were happening for me in New York at the same time. But in the 90s, I was in my 20s, I was dividing my time, you know, probably 60-40, 60% Philly. Because mm-hmm. I was still, people in New York knew me from basketball and my relationship with Bobito, but I had to really earn New York. Yeah. I had to earn Philly, too. Yeah. But I had to earn New York. So once it came to the point where New York started taking me seriously serious, which was like 97, 98, I just mm. stepped on the fucking gas. Yeah. You, know, I've been... you just uh, recently did an event with some uh, some other legends. Uh, well, you do this. Po- this originals? The originals. Yeah, yeah. The originals. Who, who else That's involved me, in that? me, Clark Kent. Uh, Tony Touch, D Nice, and Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. It's crazy because we all came together after oh, Hurricane Sandy. Rushmore motherfuckers, yeah, man. yeah, that's like that's I, when I first saw that flyer. I was like, I'd love to go to that, but I'm definitely going to be working. It's <laughs> fun, man. Yeah. It's a fun party. We came together over uh, Hurricane Sandy. Stretch, that makes sense. Yeah, Stretch gathered it some people together. Long. Like, I'm going to throw a party and raise some money for hurricane benefits. And we were the guys that were available and able to do it. And from that night, we just started doing it monthly. Nice. And we just had a seven-year anniversary. Yeah. Wow, seven years. And um, it's funny. We were talking about this resident DJ versus commercial DJ thing. I think out of the five of us, me and Tony are the guys that really understand residency. Uh-huh. T- Tony's still on the Lower East Side? Tony's still in the what's, LES. He's still doing party? Funk Box. He's still doing Toka Tuesdays. Toka Tuesdays. That's, Tuesdays. that's yeah. the one I'm thinking Tony's about that's going way back. But he's and who's resident. coming out to these parties in New York? What's the ages? What's the uh, vibe? It's, uh, it's, it's quintessential New York. Yeah. You got hustlers, executives, yeah. dancers, out-of-towners. True blue New it's, Yorkers. It's New York. It's the New York that, that makes it. it possible. It's the, it's New the York, yeah. like the they have the numbers, right? 100%. Yeah, of 100%. people that maybe still do go out after thirty. The real New know? York yeah. is not going anywhere, right? They, in order for the real New York to go anywhere, they got to get rid of all lower income housing, rent control. <laughs> so, yeah, and when that happens, right, and then that shit's gonna be like fucking Gilead, and yeah, you know, like uh-huh. it's, it's not gonna be dope. <laughs> Gilead's a, a reference to Handmaid's Tale. To yeah. I watch it, or I don't think they watch yeah, it. Shit, <laughs> is extra, shit is extra credit, right? Yeah. Um, that's dope, though, man. That that's still going on, and that I and I I would love to. Do you do anything on Thursdays? Uh, sometimes that party falls on Thursdays. Okay, and that's what I'll have to yeah. look out for. We do it once for. a month. Yeah, um, I have another residency in New York called Home, mm. which is kind of like. A, more like a tribute to the Paradise Garage, more of a disco oh, okay. and house yeah. attitude. Nice. nice. Uh, that's coming up on seven years yeah. old. Then you have something like that little, where... You got Little Ricky's Little Ricky's, shack. that's since APT. That's your shit, since yeah. Since 2000. Um, Jumping Funk, since 2001. So, you know, all these brands are 
back to that whole blue collar point, you know, I've maintained these brands and traveled them and taken care of them and just made sure that. That can't be hard, man, to, to have like uh That's insane. What are, they're all monthly. Not just residencies, but conceptual when they quarterly have, when traveling. When it makes travel, sense. Yeah. Traveling conceptual like residencies like that. That's just that's a lot of uptake. Yeah, man. It's it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. And um yeah, it's been a long, strange trip and I had to make good on the fact that uh, you know, I walked away from you know, I was on the fast track. Yeah. With that executive bullshit. Like, I was really going to be a fucking... Dist- I was one of those guys that would be a district manager at 27. You yeah. know, making like 300 racks a year. Uh-huh. But... Well, now you're a, a goddamn hip-hopologist. You know, you're a scholar in, in yeah, hip-hop well, culture. No, literally, know? like, you, you don't you teach a class? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? I teach... A class occasionally at Cornell University yeah. on the history of hip hop. Uh, did a semester at Lincoln University last okay. year, teaching like hip hop one hundred and one. Yeah, you know, basic introduction to hip hop in New York. It's amazing how much we take that story for granted when you talk to younger kids. Like when I start oh, yeah. hearing about the plugging the street lamps, I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, they plugged. It. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like, bro, really? That's cool, yeah. Jamaica and it's cool, her? yeah, right. Because <laughs> all of these guys' relationship is through them through yeah. their smartphone. Mm-hmm. So when you start unpacking the fact that all this stuff that you're absorbing with your eyes, here's the actual thing. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. a turntable. Right. This is a mixer. Listen to what this person has to say about it mm-hmm. do you understand that does that make sense okay so you understand that this is all digital yeah so you have to think in digital versus analog yeah and they're all like oh yeah you know? back in the physical object days yeah that's awesome for real yeah i did a um like a workshop for vans recently just like a DJ workshop, but I did like a little five minute intro of just like, this is what this stuff is. This right. is how it got here. You know, no one had any knowledge of this. Like I said, the whole time it's so, it's so common and almost like, right. Uh, like a, a narrative that we've just heard so many times. But. Yeah, man. And then a lot of times when you see it explained, it's always explained from the lens of commercial yeah. rap success. Yeah. Not from the culture. Have you been watching? We were just talking before you came. The the this Netflix. What's Bananas. it called? Yeah, it's Evolution. good, right? Shad is, it's really you know, fucking good. I love Shad. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh man, he, he and his. That's the interviewer. Yeah, yeah. He, Such his, a good interviewer, man. So good, man. He and he's just like they show his face. He's just like he's yeah. like me while I'm watching it. Going, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I man. said, like whenever I see something like that, I kind of I'm like, man, what are they going to teach nah, me man, at this, this point? Is, and I'm are, like, oh, I didn't know that. These are know? deep yeah. dives, era to era, city yeah. to city. Yeah. Like with 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 the you know a lot I of real it's, heads. It's hip hop so evolution. Not only right? does, not evolution. only the real heads, but. The thing is the the academic rigor, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. There's a rigor, you know, that I don't know. Shad just does it so casually. He's it is so smart. it is done very casually. He's so it's, smart. It's but, exhilarating. You know, he's so laid back. Yeah, you're not thinking about like the recon and the data that he's talking about, right? Because know? he yeah. gives it all to the he actual people involved, right? Yeah. So if he asks a question, he plays the background. He's off. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes along and is like, well, actually, uh-huh. la, 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 la. You know, and then it all, then things start to make more sense. 
And it's 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 even crazy just like things that I know, you know, I mean, I know a lot about like New Orleans hip hop history, but just watching it from this perspective and really seeing a lot of, you know, people like actual people who were there doing what they were doing and 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 that explanation and these I don't know, this show's really good, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. the best best yeah. kind of hip hop related TV thing I think I've ever seen. I I, I have to agree. Yeah. I would say so yeah. too. Because for a while, like, I wasn't, there was all them, like, 2000s joints where I was just kind of like, I don't care. You know? yeah. <laughs> but that this is like, I guess, like, ev- all styles of hip-hop have been around long enough that they warrant, like, a deep history. You know, sure. like, like, there's not, like, you can do a documentary on trap music now, you know I mean? What, where that's been the last 10 to 15 years, you know? So it's cool to see, like, everything just get that, uh... Everything has such a long history to it. It's cool. But yeah, you know, we made ourselves impossible to ignore. Yeah. And now uh, every other culture in the world that is far removed from what we do wants a piece of it. Everybody wants a piece of it until it's time to be about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we had diamond cuts on, We were, I was like, she's younger. We were like telling her like, you know, there was a time when like rap wasn't on the radio, <laughs> like yeah. or, like you had to listen to a certain time in the yeah. day, or you might hear like the Run DMC song in between the Shaka Khan and all mm-hmm. that, and the Prince and all that. But uh, I yeah. remember Lady B used to bring her around. She was a kid. She was tiny. Yeah, she's still in her twenties, right? Uh, I don't know. It's could be. Little, yeah, little, but yeah, early yeah. early thirties maybe. She's probably like ten years younger than me. Yeah. Lady B used to bring her around. She was a kid. She yeah, was so tiny. Yeah, she was nasty though. Yeah, man, she's great. Both hands. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, Lady B. Speaking of st- uh, slots to listen to hip hop back in the day, yeah. I remember like uh, when I listened to her show. I guess it was the first time I heard mixing. I was like, what the song? I was only like five. I was like, the song's not ending. <laughs> it just sounds like yeah, one man. long song. Like, what's going on here? That Lady B was our conduit to Philly, where I grew up. So you could you could get I could Philly get radio all the New on York stations and oh, okay. all the Philly stations. She was syndicated in New York, or nah, she did her own show there. Power ninety nine. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was legendary, man. Yeah, man. So you know, if you Google your name, it says film actor. <laughs> <laughs> a word <laughs> I've been getting a couple three dollar sag checks every fucking six months Rich Medina film actor hilarious genre dance electronic mm. movies welcome home the Roscoe dancing Jenkins <laughs> yeah I was uh, I was in that movie for about negative uh, 3.2 seconds hey well you got the credit man yeah man I do and them three dollar sag checks every six months uh, they, they stack up you just you never know when you might like. You never know. Need some uh, groceries or something. Yeah, open man. the mailbox. Might need a hoagie, you know. Oh, you never know with the expansion of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe when they're going to actually incorporate <laughs> some super DJs into the yeah, mix. You know, you know what I mean to saying? save the world. And I think For they'll real. probably start with or or crossover so with Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. Right, right. <laughs> with some super DJs <laughs> in the universe. Uh, so, are you doing a lot of stuff in Philly now? Like, how is your what's your like uh, perception of Philadelphia and nightlife and DJ culture? Has how have you seen it changed? Stuff like that. I think it's really going strong. Yeah. I think that the the commercial music community takes up a certain space, and now 
I see a bunch of 20-somethings frequenting events that they feel are off the commercial path mm-hmm. and all those those venues are all thriving. There's clusters and cliques and crews of DJs and yeah. artists and promoters that are contributing to the fabric of the city. So yeah. I think the city is alive and well. Um, I still do my little Ricky's party at Silk City on the long right months. the extra fifth the, yeah, the fifth weekend the, yeah, yeah last weekend we do those then that's probably like the perfect amount of time mm-hmm. to do a party in Philadelphia we do jump and funk at Johnny Brenda's in October for uh-huh. Phil's birthday and then we'll usually do Black History Month or March okay again and uh you know I'd like to set up a place to do home here the more I can tell the guy in Paris fuck you two tickets and double the money or I'm just right. staying home right mm-hmm. right that's it's not that's, about being above work no it's, it's just like make it worth it yeah so I got 16 hours of my life over the water mm-hmm. and then however many hours of my life commuting on land mm-hmm. before I get to play for 3 hours yeah. for x amount of dollars right or I could play mm-hmm. in Brooklyn I could play in Kensington. Mm-hmm. Right. I could play in Manhattan. I could play in DC. Yeah. For as much as, yeah, if not more, bread mm-hmm. and be home. That's the yeah. that's the uh the mature uh perspective I feel. I remember I used to like that's I the hip hop evolution. I would, I, would, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would get uh booked to play somewhere else and I would be like, yo. Can you like make my flight like two days later so I can hang out in the city for mm-hmm. a little? And now you're like in and out. Actually, I don't even want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just go down right. the street and DJ for the same amount right. of money, or not the same, but when you break it down into time and stress, it's it's yeah. much Especially more. Especially as a parent, yeah. Oh, I can know? imagine. Yeah, I mean, really, your time is already fragmented. Everybody's already giving you a break. Yeah, because you're really good at what you do, and you're always busy, and you're always working, and you know, thank you for taking care of things for us. But, you know, you miss a lot of shit. Yeah, right. you don't want to miss that stuff, do you? you miss yeah. a lot, man. I could tell you firsthand experience. I mean, me and, me and my son are hand in glove. Yeah. But I miss a lot of shit. Yeah, you just because I mean? you're not yeah. just physically not in the same. Cornflakes without the milk, you know. Mm. Fuck FaceTime and Skype. Yeah. That's cornflakes without the milk. I like milk in my cornflakes. That's what's up. You know, so lessons learned. And, you know, start to reevaluate things. And Well, it seems like that's like a common theme in your in your story as a, in, in your journey as a DJ is you have been constantly reinventing things for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And and being humble to the game, being humble to the people around you that are supporting you, the people who are pursuing the same thing. Right. I mean, I've known both of you guys decades. You and I are short of friendship, but it's been yeah. nothing but fantastic off the rip because at the end of the day, Fuck the music. Like, guys got home training. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know, like, please excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Thank you. Basic right. stuff that, you know, you want to be around. Yeah. Can't tell you how many people in our business, even outside of our business, and now that I've become a parent, I'm like, I just can't be around that. Right. I don't hate you. I'm not throwing you away. I'm not, you know, backing out of the relationship, but we're just not rocking at the same frequency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's important, man, because, you know, the time ain't, time ain't kind, <laughs> you know? I right. mean, as the, the oldest brother out of all the brothers at this table, time is not kind, man. Yeah. 
you know. Well, and, I'll tell you what. You just had your 50th birthday. I had no idea you were that close to you were 50. So <laughs> yeah, it's man. kinder to you than it is to others. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Speaking <laughs> of uh, time, are you, you, you still balling? I ball when I can, yeah. What does that mean? That means that uh, I always got a ball and some kicks in the trunk. Once a month? like Two, three times a month. Okay, okay. And at least... That's still in the game. One of those two, three times a month. I'm alone, just breaking a sweat. Okay. You know, just to put the rock on a glass and break a sweat. Yeah. When that accident happened at the tournament, I mean, I hadn't picked up a ball in six months. That's discouraging. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm. It was terrible. But it put me back on my game as soon as I got out of that darkness with that hamstring. It put me back on it. Well, let me know when you're looking for run because I'm uh, I'm out there. I'm yeah. still out there. In these you're sports. weekly, right? I, I play like three times a week. Yeah, if I, I need, can. I need but to you, get back at least run. two, sometimes on Fridays if I'm not working. Yeah, dope, dope man. I'll do that. I'll be ready in about a month. All right. I, I gotta finish getting these cigarettes off me. Oh, for real? You're Ooh. still doing that? Uh, Talking about the acoustic 12th, vapes. My son's twelfth birthday. <laughs> uh, Artist in vape. <laughs> I told him I was uh, going to do my level best to be done with it. Yeah. So I'm doing my I, level best. I guess I quit about four years now. I uh, I had quit for seven years in my 20s, started back in my 30s, quit yeah. for like a year, went back again. Now I'm done now. I mean, God, I don't know what the hell would make me smoke now. But, mm. yeah, it's been four years. Yeah, but I'm I started, like, uh, training jujitsu, And so, like, I was like, well, I was like, well, none of these guys. It was like a, your new peer group, you know? Yeah, like, you're like, yeah. I want to be like these guys. Like, yeah. you need that as you get older. Where do you roll? Uh, I was doing Henzo Gracie. I have a okay. neck injury now. So okay. I was like, uh, I actually don't know if I'll be able to do it anymore. I was at balance. Yeah, I, balance I is great. injury, too. Yeah. I've been sad back. It's tough. That, that's, that's where you notice the age difference. But, I, like, when I got there, I was like, oh, I want to be like these guys. None of these guys smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like a new. Uh, It'll humble you. Yeah. And it's like a new world to kind of be, like, enamored with, you know, mm. the same way when I walked into Footworks and I'm right. like, look at all these cool guys and all this cool <laughs> shit. And now right. you get to become one of them guys. Right. And then and then you're like, I need something else to be like. Oh, That's important, man. That's what you just said is so important. Yeah. I think it, it goes back to your question about advice, man. Like, you, you got to remain a student. Yeah. If you don't remain a student, man, it's going to become a fucking job for you, man. Yeah. It's job. It you're, you, a job. You're crabby. Yeah, you're the guy who's been at the job for 30 years. You don't yeah. want to do shit. He's I'll mad at all. Mad at <laughs> also, you got to keep the gun. Yeah, the body sharp, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like, important for the... Absolutely. For the mental as well. For the, you know, for for the, the clarity. For yeah. fighting off father time as long as possible. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I see a lot of pregnant dudes walking around. <laughs> I feel you, yeah. A lot of pregnant dudes. Looking crazy. Like three crunches a day, fam. Like just three crunches. <laughs> Something. Yeah. That's great. Well, we got anything else and we could wrap it up, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I asked, you know, the important question I needed to know, which is about basketball, if he's still playing. <laughs> right. You want to play some ball because I do want to play some. Ball. I feel like I was kind of robbed that day at Bobito's tournament because I, I, I wanted to. And, be on the court more with this gentleman but i was i was robbed too i wanted to be on the court but that thing happened kind of fast yeah damn that's kind of a sad note to end the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah man listen man stop pulling hamstrings yeah <laughs> 
Anyway, so, man, thanks for thanks for coming through, man. Yeah, man, thank, thank you man. so much, and, uh, man. Thanks for having me. Man. And uh, anytime, yeah, you know. Yeah, please feel free you to got, come back sometime yeah, too, man. Because find sure. some new tangents to, to talk about. Yeah, I think our, our listeners will really enjoy this experience, man. Because it's like you got a you got a, a wealth and a lifetime of uh, different different aspects of knowledge to drop in this game, and it's, and appreciate having you here to do it. Yeah, true. I true. Wanna, I want to get rid of it, man. You know. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to take this shit with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now, I definitely have that feeling. Like, you know, you guys read uh, that new Todd Henry book? No. Uh, There's a book, but I don't work for him. It's not an advertisement. But <laughs> we don't have a lot of listeners called, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book called Die Empty. By uh, Die Empty. Die yeah, Empty. Like, Just leave saying. it all out there. Yeah. yeah like why? Why are you gonna take it with you? And yeah, take all those regrets. Who is uh, who is Todd Henry? What's he's his? He's the author. But is he? What's his deal? He's just an author or yeah, a self help guy. He's written or? a couple of other books. Okay. Um, I'm gonna dumb out on the names right now, but he's written a few other pretty important, open your eyes type of books. Okay, I'll check that out. I'm always up for some. Uh, I need all the self help I can get. Yeah, <laughs> for real, man. For real, don't we all? We lose our coachability, you know, when we get older. Mm-hmm. Start to become a man and you have all the answers. Oh, and yeah, you're, yeah. you're applying all this stuff that you learned mm-hmm. from all these great po- coaches and all these people that you've taken this inspiration from. Yeah. But there's nobody from stopping you from coloring outside the lines. Yeah. Right. You know, that shit will kill you. That shit will fuck your career over. Mm. I've seen it happen a hundred times. For real. I'm talking to so many guys now my age that are aging out of the game. Yeah. Because they didn't play the game. They didn't play. They didn't keep a dude 15 years younger than them around. They didn't apprentice nobody. Mm. They didn't even try to rock with the technology. Yeah. Now they're like 53 years old talking about shady promoters. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) Son, they're they're posting the memes, the angry, jaded old guy memes. Yeah, crunchy face. Loyalty and family is all. You was asking us for two racks in the 90s. We wanted you to come DJ with us for two hours. We get Dazzy Jeff for fucking 500 bucks because he was like his baby bros and he would hold us down. You know what I'm saying? Right. You want to ram us for that? Like, no wonder nobody's calling you. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's a it's a long road. Be polite, man. Don't cost no money to be polite. Yeah. Like everybody you see on the way up, you definitely gonna see them motherfuckers on the way down. Yeah, for real. Talk to them crazy on the way up if you want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we come around on the other side of that shit and need something. Money gonna be like, oh word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember you. Hey, it's a it's a long life, man. Yeah, you know, you know. Yeah, man. That's a good way to end the show. Be polite. Be polite, man. Be nice. Don't be a dick. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically. Uh, <laughs> don't be a dick. I think like the Bible could just have that written in the middle of it, and that's it, right? Like you don't need all them five hundred pages. You just I, I don't agree. be a dick. <laughs> all right, art, y'all. Thanks for listening. Art, Thank art, you, Rich. Art, art. art.